Sword. I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And on this episode, we're discussing The Throne of Glass by Sarah Mass. Yes. Or is it Moss? Moss. Moss. M-A-A-S. Yes. Or Maze. Maze. No. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Sarah. You know, it's not, not a reflection. It's Sarah. 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 I am. Uh, well, yeah, it's not a reflection how much we like your book. Just so <laughs> uh, well, it's awesome to be back talking about this book. It's been a while since we've uh, hit a, um, well, I guess the last fantasy book isn't a fair shake because uh, you and I didn't, uh, you especially didn't read it and I've read maybe part of it. <laughs> so, uh, and Jim read all of it because, you know, yeah. that's Jim. But, Jim's got it down. No, I only read the, I only read the first paragraph. <laughs> yeah. I figured. I figure you know about payback and all that stuff, right? <laughs> uh, no clue what you're talking no, about. No, I'm just kidding. I read the whole thing. Honest, honest, I did. Oh, very good, very good. All right, well, are you going to give us a little bit of an introduction to this book? Uh, first yeah. of all, I think this was your suggestion. It was. How did you hear about this book before we talk about it? Oh, it was recommended uh, that I would check it out and really enjoy it. Who recommended it? Uh, Hannah, my friend Hannah. Oh, hi, She's very like, good. You got to get on this book. Well, thank like, you, Hannah. Shout out to you. Thanks yep. for recommending it. But so uh, give us a little bit of a, a what for, you know, what, what's for for this book. Okay. The names of these <laughs> the characters, I had a hard time keeping. So her, her name's Celine, right? Yeah. Selena? Selena. Selena. All right. Selena <clears throat> is a prisoner at the beginning of the story. Uh, she's supposedly the most badass, whoop, the most badass uh, assassin out there, and uh, she gets approached by the prince of the kingdom, and he says, basically, if you come and win this this contest to be my father's assassin, after four years in the job, you can have your freedom. We'll give you your freedom back. So, from there, they travel back to the capital of the kingdom, and. Uh, she's put under disguise and has to compete with these other uh, assassins or would be champions, would be champions, and uh, kind of navigate the court in the meantime and see if she can win. And there's this whole other level of magic going on, and uh, yeah, and uh, others. There's, there's a whole other plot beyond it, and there's also this whole romantic tension that keeps also as kind of a plot device. Yeah, I love triangle kind of stuff. Yeah. So sort of not really, but sort of. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can bring my notes up here. Yeah. Doing. So, oh, very good. Well, that's uh that's, that's a good summary of it. So, um, Joe, can I, I'm going to put you on the spot here as, as you're, as you're uh, reading this book, I know that when we started this podcast in the way long ago in the dark ages, when we did it on stone, um, you were not a huge fantasy fan. And then Aragon kind of won you over a little bit. 
How does this book fit in to your feeling about fantasy? And how did you maybe more importantly feel about this book? I, okay. First of all, uh, I'm still not a fantasy fan, as you would put it. If it weren't <laughs> for the podcast, I probably wouldn't be reading these books. All right. All right. Uh, but that being said, I will also say that what we have read so far, for the most part, has I've enjoyed it. It's been a nice diversion. Um, and uh, I, I guess I don't mind it so much. But as I say, if it weren't for the podcast, I probably wouldn't be reading these. Yeah, makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So, what did you? How did you feel about this book in particular? I mean, so your what's your overall impressions and thoughts? I was entertained overall, and um, it was an interesting book. I would have liked to have had a little more uh, character background, have you know, to get to know people. Because the unfortunate thing was, is as far as the characters in the book were concerned, I felt they were, uh, how do I put it? I, I felt like they were kind of like stock characters. All right. And, and, and as I read, uh, with the exception of Selena, of course, the rest of them, I, I really didn't, I really didn't find anybody to invest in. Maybe okay. kale just a little bit, but um, other than that, I, I didn't. I didn't have any characters that really reached out to me. How about you, David? Uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I think it surprised me because the cover led me to believe there would be a lot more fantasy to it, and really, it's more of a Game of Thrones type take where it's like the fantasy comes later kind of a, and isn't really it's there but not central to the story right and i don't know if it is maybe because so so the cover art is i'm assuming it's selena right but she looks elfin on all the covers and i don't know if maybe she progresses into the fey as a kind of hint that maybe she's got some sort of tie to it yeah, or whatever. And, and actually that she's actually connected to this queen long ago queen you're right so maybe she transforms into this character eventually but i felt the cover was a little misleading in that aspect um however i thought it was i thought it was quite enjoyable um very much written by a female author and and that was a very nice um change of pace from you just felt like it was it was written by a by a lady um and uh, i thought that was really cool um but I do agree with I do agree with Jim. I do feel like some of the characters felt like they were missing a little bit of background, or I was waiting for it to come, and the characters just didn't get any deeper than 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 they were originally introduced. Um, but at the same time, this entire book felt like it was a setup for more. So, I mean, maybe down. I mean, I, I looked at it as like oh, there's a whole series to get to know these characters. And this is just like initial setup stuff. I mean, arguably like, so the other series we're reading is of course the expanse series, the Loitham wakes. Right. Mm -hmm. And arguably, you know, we're book, book five and six. We're getting all this backstory to the characters that we never knew. Right. So certainly having a developed series brings that to the table. Yeah. 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 So for me, um, 
I was like, eh, you know, I thought this seems, you know, didn't really see my, my, my cup of tea initially when I got into it. And then I got hooked. Mm-hmm. And one of the signs that a book is really capturing me, because I listen to them, is I'm driving to work, I get out of the car, and I have to continue to listen because I can't put it down. Uh, and then I find myself walking into my classroom in the mornings and I'm sitting there and it's still on and I have to plan and I can't do two things at once. So I have to shut it off, but, <laughs> but there's something in there that was grabbing my attention. And I stand a little bit opposite than, than Jim and Dave here, because for me, the central focus is on Selena Sardothian. Um, and, and she was much more complex than just a simple assassin. Mm-hmm. Um, because you find that she is not just that, but she is a, a woman with a deep past, a brutal past, a painful past who is skilled, not only in killing someone, but musically skilled, um, She's compassionate and it's, it's a, she, she is a, uh, there's a lot of, uh, of things that are kind of unexpected in someone you would expect to be an assassin. Um, and so for me, when I look at her, I felt like she was central. And then the other character that, that grabbed me uh, was Princess Nehemia. Uh, because she's such an enigma, at least in the beginning, when you meet her. Um, and then you discover, oh, there's a whole other layer to this character mm-hmm. as you go along. And you see that developed in stages. Um, and this whole, uh, and we get it, we get her seen initially through uh, Selena's perspective is so do we trust her? Do we not trust her? Et cetera. And who is this? And the whole her growing to trust. Uh, Dorian and her growing to trust, um, not Kane. Um, what's the what's the guard's name? Kale. Kale. Yeah. So her her being able to trust Kale. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this book. Um, yeah. Although Kale didn't really trust her. <laughs> no, yeah, but for but, a while. Yeah, for a while. But there was a sense where he that's growing. You see that being developed in him, and suddenly he realizes. Just through, even though he doesn't appear to trust him, his actions are speaking otherwise. Right. He's saying that and thinking it, but his actions, you know, illustrate something much more. I think the thing, if I had one thing that threw me a little bit for the book, is I felt that. Um, so we get to the climactic point between her and Kane, right? They've been playing and developing the book and the story up to that. And you get the fight inside the ring, and then you get the fight is done. And then the book goes on for another half an hour. To, mm. You know, so I felt like, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I saw the story, because typically when you hit the climax, the story's pretty well done. You might have a chapter or two, uh, but not in Throne of Glass. Um, there's a lot happening. A lot to wrap up. That is either being wrapped up, but I think also setting up. So it's wrapping and setting. It's doing the two things together. So, mm. but anyways, mm-hmm. so you asked my impressions of the book. Uh, I got kind of long-winded there, but, <laughs> but I, I am, I'm passionate about this book. Um, I, I, I find the characters like the, um, uh, who is the, uh, who is the girl that 
was jealous of uh, Selena. Uh, Kytale? Kylie? Caltain. Caltain. Yeah. So Caltain, like, like she's one way and then you see her, her jealousy drives her to do something very sinister. And then you discover that that's not really what happened, that she's really being manipulated and controlled through the magic ring. And it's like, whoa, I mean, there's just a whole nother level to her. And so we didn't get as much time spent. I guess here I am. I'm ranting. I'm no, this is, is, I'm taking your role. Uh, So I'm I'm defending the characters because I feel like they, they're, they're static in the way, in the way that, um, that we don't have a lot of time spent in them, but they're not flat because they start one way and there's a change and revelation that happens that could, that's get pulled, that, that gets pulled out of them as we go along. Um, and so even though they're side characters, they're interesting. That's my rant. I'm sticking to it. I'm taking your role. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, you, you kind of, you've kind of unintentionally segued right into the next, part of this which is talking about the people yeah i did think about that um and let's start with selena we've got gotten your impressions scott what do you, what did you think uh david um i was confused initially um because they they built her up as this like the greatest assassin in the world and then and then she repeatedly failed at things or, or stumbled or, or didn't seem to understand things. And for the greatest assassin in the world, I don't know, I guess I expected a little bit more for, for how they were, they were doing. Cause some, like she was holding herself back in a lot of ways, but at the same time, there were plenty of opportunities where she just wasn't what I would expect the greatest assassin in the world to be like. Uh, that said, I consistently forgot how young all of these characters were. And every time they brought up their age, I was like, okay, well, no, no, it makes a little bit more sense. You know, she's only 18. <laughs> like, like she's going to not be as well refined as someone who's been doing it for 15 years or 20 years or something like that. So, um, as a character, I really liked her. She's, she's definitely complex. Um, a lot of things going on, the, especially with like the love triangle, like that's super confusing. <laughs> I mean, I guess true to life in, in in a lot of ways, but it's uh, uh, she handles that in a in a very interesting way. So I like the character a lot. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about her. I know you yeah. said you said I talked enough, Jim, but I'm going to jump in here a little bit more. And the thing, <laughs> yeah, the thing I like, I, you no, know, I didn't say enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just let me, let me just talk a little Don't bit put of words in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> And they're in the ring. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> no. So, you know, here's yep. the thing. Like, Selena is part m- myth because you hear she's been trained by the elite, mm-hmm. the, the most elite assassins. And not only she's been trained, but she's had to pay that back tenfold, right? Um, and then she gets betrayed by someone in her assassin group. And that story is still being hinted out in the second book, which I've begun to read since I'm Mr. Read Ahead. And uh, we're not saying that we're going to read it here, but I'm, I was interested enough to read on. But, you know, she is the woman that was in the death camp for all intents and purposes. This is where people go, where prisoners go to die. And from the get-go, they said, don't, don't let her die. 
that has been kind of the mantra. There was like a rule for the guards. Don't kill her. Don't let her die. Even though that whatever. And then she like kills all these people trying to escape and almost gets to the wall, which is like one of the thing. And her name does strike fear into people. Like when people find out who she is and they realize it, like it changes them. So what we see here in the, in the book that we're reading is a woman that has just gotten out of a death camp trying to recover her strength. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who runs 20 feet in hurls because she can't run because she hasn't been running. And suddenly they're trying to get her trained back up for these games uh, to be a champion. And being a champion is not the same as being assassin, yeah, right? Because true. she's not sneaking around. She's not trying to stab someone in the back. She's trying to accomplish certain objectives, you know, that, oh, you can, you got to shoot. You got to shoot from this distance. You got to detect poison. I mean, some of that stuff's assassin related, but not, not all of it, I would imagine. So I think that's my own, that's my whole perspective on that. But I agree. Super complex character. And for me, that's what made her interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think in contrast, she might, she's not too complex, but comparative to all the other characters, she makes them seem simple. So I think this is where Jim was going, that uh, that the characters seem pretty flat because one of the things you're doing is saying, well, she's so complex. Everyone pales in comparison. looks like none of the other characters made any movement because there's all this crap and stuff going inside her. And mm-hmm. we get to see inside her and, and the most of the time spent there. But then that means little time spent in the other characters. And it feels like they're flat to some degree, even though I don't think they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, maybe you're right. Maybe mm-hmm. they just didn't spend enough time on them. Or, or overshadowed. Well, by the I'll game. tell you what, as far as she is concerned, First of all, she's 17 years old, 18 years old, somewhere in there. She is a major tease. <laughs> I mean, as as you would expect a teenager to be, she's a tease. Uh, where I, I saw nowhere in the book where she earned this deadly reputation that she has. Uh you know, okay, so you say she's the greatest assassin in all of Adderland or whatever the name of the, the place is. Well, that's marvelous. Prove it. Yeah. Why is she so great? Yeah. And and there's there's nothing there. Oh, the it's, only just, it's just, just a story. The, story. the only hint we get in the story of that is that she has to, um, she has to, miss when she shoots at some she has to somehow not perform her supposed level that she is at in order to fool everybody into um not knowing who she actually is right yeah so i i hear you um and i think the only other thing we have are the stories about her Mm-hmm. which so you know stories about what she did and what happened in the past and she's called Otterland's assassin right you know so and everyone knows her seemingly by that name and so that suggests yeah that suggests something so in the second book you see her performing assassin duties okay at least a little bit so but obviously it's not the focus of this book right she's right. trying to become yeah, a champion. I, I just I I kind of thought the whole the whole book was diluted 
uh, too much with this, with, with the romantic aspect. Mm. At one point, I did think I was going to be ribbing David for suggesting to read a Harley Quinn romance, but <laughs> but it ended up. It really ended up. It, it was starting to look that way. There, there were certain parts that felt like that way, but it didn't develop that direction really. Um, and you see her kind of pull back a little bit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on one hand, she's infatuated on following her feelings, and the and chastising, ironically chastising Dorian for the way he's doing it, and she's doing the same thing. Um, but on the other hand, uh, she's, I think, trying to figure out what does it mean to be a champion in the end, especially when she actually earns a title. Yeah. So, yeah, what does it mean to be free? Well, she's looking... She's not really free, but yeah, sort she's of. She's looking for her... She's looking for her freedom, which apparently she's never enjoyed before. Oh, yeah. So... But at the same time, here now we've got Prince Dorian who is trying to rope her in. And, uh, you know, she's inviting him to her quarters and they're having dinner together. And they're, you know, it's like, oh, come here, come here, come here. Oh, Does get she, away, get she's away. She's not away. the one no, that's come really. Here, come here, come here. <laughs> no, get away, get away, get away. Is she, you know, is she the one and, really inviting? He just, I think, he I think he just shows up. Shows up most of the time. Yeah, it isn't till well, towards he the doesn't end. kick his butt out. Yeah, most times. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I hear, I, I hear you. I hear you, Jim. Because I think there's there is a part where she's kind of playing. She's she is kind of playing the system a little bit. Um, but he is also mm. he's also not following court protocol like she is not a person like there's apparently a one of the things i like yeah he's like and he can't and he can't be going after this assassin and he can't be going after and there's a certain level of character of person that he's allowed to pursue Mm -hmm. and it's not her so this is kind of this forbidden fruit um and likewise actually do whatever he wants to do right well Yes and no, yeah, uh, because to a point, he, yeah, he, he he really can't, not not if he wants to remain in the kingdom. I mean, he he can romanticize her; he can't marry her, right? Yeah, but it but it really uh, it really looks bad. Yeah, and this is part of the tension between mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Kale and the prince, who are really good friends, and they see them doing this and it's it drives a relationship apart a little bit i think i mean i yes i agree with i agree to that that aspect but i i think that there i read that the thing driving the wedge between them was the love triangle and they never really both of them kind of acknowledge it but never to each other and and it's funny because they both concede to each other at different points right like in the in the beginning uh dorian concedes to uh kale uh like multiple times he's like he leaves the situation so that kale can be with her or or opens it up to that and then as as things progress and she's kind of starts to sway towards him and and dorian sways towards her then kale backs off and is like you know go ahead and dance or or this or that and they and it's only like at the very beginning that there's even like a kerfluffle between the two of them. I, I think 
Dorian did something, I can't remember what, but he to kind of somewhat upset her and and they're sparring the next day and Kale kind of like goes extra hard at Dorian about it, you know, like in the sparring and they never address why, but, but yeah. So I, like I hear, I hear all that, you know, I hear mm-hmm. there, there's certain, there's certainly that element there, but I think that Kale is also looking at not Kale. Um, yeah. Kale is looking at court protocol. Mm-hmm. And I think that Dorian acknowledges in the end that this thing is an impossibility because she is not, she's not, royalty she's not she's not of the elite class and so for her to do this for for him the pursuer it really is out of bounds i don't know at the end of the book he throws it he was he was he is but to throw that all away actually considered a criminal yeah yeah and even after she wins it's still she's still because she's autolin assassin assassin right and just to clarify, Otterlin's the king, right? Um, I thought so. That's the way I always read it. Yeah. So, like, she I mean, tried to assassinate. Him. She tried to assassinate well, the king. No, he was never really named. Okay, he was he was referred to as the king of Adderlan or just the king. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So I think now he never really he never really did get named. He's probably got some pretty deep name, like Frank Herbert. Well, it should be Habilliard, I would think. <laughs> Herbert Habilliard. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's uh, we we've kind of we talked about Selena. We've talked about Dorian a little bit, and even Kale. Um, let's talk about Princess Namia Namaya. How, how did you say it? Oh, Nehemia. Nehemia, that's it. Um, here she is, princess by title, by name only. Her, her right. land was conquered by the king, and uh, her people are basically subjugated or rebels. Yet, here she is sent to the court to get to know, I, I don't know, I, it's like, She's sent there to learn their ways, but it's also kind of like maybe she was sent there to marry Dorian. Uh, maybe there's something else going on. How did you like her? So this brings up something that I think is interesting. Uh, we, uh, Based on what you said, so the king of Otterland has totally dominated at least the local, at least the immediate area. So all kingdoms have kind of fallen for him. And he's outlawed magic, and he's burned libraries, and he's killed indiscriminately and slaughtered people, including uh, Princess Nehemia's place. And so she's a princess kind of in title only, mm-hmm. um, but not really in rulership or anything like that. But it, through her, you, you actually discover that this, the old magic has not gone. And so even though that the king has wiped out all magic, it's not all magic. And then you see at the end that he actually is not interested in wiping out all magic or is hinted at that he's somehow the word marks. He's very aware of them. And, 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 and yeah, so he's aware of them mm. along with the, uh, uh, who is the guy that, uh, to do Caitlin, Caitlin, 
the uh, oh the lady that was jealous. That was her, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the her her patron. I forget. It starts with the P. Was the, it was the Duke. Um, yeah. So the Duke that the Duke and the King are kind of in cahoots in this, and uh, and that he's actually controlling Caitlin and uh, Kane through this magic ring. Caltain. Caltain. Thank you. That's what I wanted. Caltain. Yeah. So I mean, so it's Princess Nehemia kind of really brings that in, uh, and she's complex. You know, she appears one way, aloof, needing a friend. Then you find out she's fibbing the whole thing about not knowing the language. And then during the battle, you see her furiously battling away with her ward marks. Mm-hmm. So I liked her. Anything to add, Scott? Not for me. Jim. Jim? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just thought she was, I don't know, she seemed to be more of a sounding board for Selena and uh, to get more of the thoughts out in the open because she, you know, she was an important character, but she wasn't an important character and you you liked her, but you didn't like her and you, you just really, it was kind of hard to know how to take this person. Right. I didn't, I didn't really give her much weight uh, throughout much of it. I thought maybe she was a soundboard or a foil for, for Selena. It was so jarring to me. Like I didn't like it. I was like, no, like I, I wasn't expecting that from that character and I don't really want to deal with it with that character. Like I liked having that, that rock for Selena to kind of fall back on. And, and it was, that wasn't very, that had the like complexity of her own that wasn't, part of the greater story. Um, but in the end I came around to it, um, for sure, especially during the battle. Like I thought that was kind of cool. And, and they set her up at the end to be a much bigger part in the overarching magic story, uh, of the series. However, that turns out. So, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of interesting. I think she'll, she'll grow to be a, an even greater character over time. Well, what about this Cal team? You know, <laughs> She was going to have him no matter what. She was going places. And, you know, here here we are. We're coming down towards the end of the story. We're going to get this big, huge battle. And Caltane puts poison in Selena's drink. Bane's root. Now, that wasn't predictable as, as hell what was. <laughs> right. Right. What wasn't predictable was how no, she was going to get out face, of it. She had to, she had to face Kane, and you know she was not going to be able to go into this a hundred percent. That something had to get in the way to to make the challenge even larger. Because even though us as a reader have never seen her function at a hundred percent. We're definitely not going to get to now. <laughs> like, she'd be too powerful. <laughs> That's true. I mean, there, there's a lot of truth to that. And um, and they really do set it up through Caltain from the beginning. Like from the beginning, even from the first meeting, there's, a, there's an unease between them. And to the point that you know she has to do something about it. But it's not just that. It's, she's also being manipulated into this in the yeah. long run through the Duke. And you see that 
you see that very blatantly at the end. Right. Where they kind of, when the Duke mm-hmm. and the King are meeting and they say, well, she needs to be in prison for a while, but she's not going to be for the forever. She still has her uses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's definitely being used. Um, yeah. And the, and they, so why is the King playing this big game in, in the first place? Well, what's the point of this whole thing going on? I mean, we, he's a cruel, terrible person <laughs> and now he's going he's going to to um sponsor a death matches for for his entertainment well so to be fair they're not really death matches i mean there's some that died along the way but it's not like even in the final battle he's not watching them who the king uh, the, the final battle yes. well, yeah but not the whole way along yeah some of them he's not and you know, but the fi- this final battle, even between like her and Kane, I mean, Kane was left alive at the end, and the only reason he died is because he tried to backstab Selena, mm-hmm. apparently by the king's order. Oh, you knew, you knew he was going to die, right? But it's not like that was done. But I guess what I'm saying is these these were not um, these were not death battles, even though he died. That's I guess what I was saying. I I kind of. I kind of figured right from the beginning of the book, as soon as they they introduced this guy, he was a dead man walking. Well, <laughs> well yeah, they kind of they they do kind of set. Yeah, but, hmm. you know, the more we talk about this book, the less I like it. No, well, teach his own, I guess. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, so, like. Uh, for me, like, like so, Kane is cocky at the beginning, but but there's but there's hints that stuff's not all that it's been. Even Kane himself, you discover, has been manipulated by the Duke, and yeah. and through through this black ringy fingers every so often. There's obviously magic at work, um, in controlling that and the way that Kane. Like, the question becomes: Who taught Kane the word marks? And there's some assumptions about that that we don't really get clear on until maybe the very end when the Duke and the King are talking. Right. He's not, he's not in like, he's not like one dimensional in that he's just this cocky guy that you have no empathy for. He's been manipulated. He, he is a total asshole. I get that. I'm sorry. Can I say that in the show here? Oh, <laughs> uh, we can edit it out. He is a total jerk. There's no doubt. Um, but at the same time, he's also being played. Mm-hmm. And, we do not know at the end of this book, like you said, Jim, why the king and the duke are playing this game. And I'm yeah, everybody. Well, everybody, everybody is involved in this game. What do you mean by that? Well, the the whole thing it's 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 a setup from the beginning that we're going to have this weird tournament. And you know the winner gets gets to be a killer for four years, and then gets their freedom. Yes. So yeah. So I hear that. I guess what I meant by there's a game that the king and the duke are playing that is above and beyond that, and we don't know what they're going at. Yeah. Why do they need the assassin? Why do they need the assassin? Reminds me of why are they controlling? Why are they controlling Caltain and Kane and? So 
It reminds you yeah. of what, Jim? It just reminds me of there can be only one. Highlander. <laughs> so what you don't know is that this is a retelling of Highlander. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, really? No. Oh, darn it. <laughs> you just didn't pick up on it, Jim. No. Come on. <laughs> open your eyes. <laughs> just kidding. No. So All let's right. see. We got through uh, how many characters here? Well, I, I do like, let me say this. Just about all of them. I like Knox Owen because one of the things that it becomes clear as the people that are fighting here, um, they're kind of all doing it for themselves. And uh, it's neat to see uh, Knox and uh, Selena kind of connect. So. Mm. But you know what? Yeah, out of the whole thing, when it's all said and done, Knox is the only one with a brain because he got the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He didn't have anything to lose. But okay. Now, now, even though I'm sitting here and, and saying not very nice things about the book and the story and so <laughs> forth, I also, on the other, on the other side of that, I realized that it is a young adult book. Right. And you're not quite old enough for it yet, is what you're right, saying. Right. Yeah. Give yourself a few years, Jim, yeah. and you'll, then uh, you'll, age, you'll oh, grow right. into it. Do you mean to tell me I'm just not getting it? <laughs> well, I don't with know. age comes wisdom. Well, darn it. I, just, I, I guess I'll just go sit in the corner and practice. <laughs> uh. I did a like a playing, a playing, a playing. Yeah, go play your loot. <laughs> go play your loot. We haven't talked about the loot yet. Let's bring that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the other character I think is uh, interesting um, is Elena, and uh, she comes in at this kind of this mythical figure, and it's, her, it's our introduction into the fact that this is. Yes, we've been told that magic's gone from the world, but it's it is the introduction that this is a fantasy world beyond yeah. the fact that there's kings, castles, and everything. This is clearly there's a fantasy element going on and the connection to the afterlife and the, the fact that she gets an amulet that kind of protects her, the tears of Elena. You know, this is this is um, this is really where that introduction kind of comes for me. I do. I do like how even in the book, like she doesn't really spell stuff out at first and she, she doesn't really become much of a powerhouse till the climax climactic battle. And um but afterwards, the whole thing is about how this necklace protected her or whatever. And basically at the end, when she's finally able to come visit Selena, like proper, and she's like, look, like, don't, don't just think that I was this princess and all I had was this amulet. Like, that's all, that's all that the people ever talk about is how I was this princess who had this amulet that, and that's all I was good for. But like, what you don't realize is that I was busy doing all of this like stuff right to, to like behind the scenes and 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 i was this this moving force for for uh the fae i guess right and we that and then at the end where we also get the idea that they are kin yeah way. yeah she's got that glowing mark or whatever yeah. so okay right. well that's a, that's a good <laughs> that's uh we spent uh, a fair amount of time in characters yeah yeah let's move on to um let's do our, our favorite favorite plot points anything in particular that really stuck out to you um I like the battle with the uh Ritterac. yeah 
Yep. I thought that was fun. Okay. You know, they're in the tunnels. We, we figure out, we get the revelation that Kane's the one doing them, although we're hinted that he's kind of the there. Um, and he's like gleaning and sucking power out of everyone. And, and then he, uh, she ends up getting locked in the room and figures out how to use the Ritterac's strength against him. And then, you know, goes down, goes down to Lena's tomb and takes care of it. Mm-hmm. And then almost dies. But, you know, so that was, that was fun for me. I like that point. Jim, anything for you? Um, I was I was somewhat fascinated with uh, believe it or not the word marks. Oh yeah, yeah, and the role I agree. That they played all the way through the story. Uh, you know, they were talisman that could ward off evil or bring evil or things like that, and that nobody really knew what they meant, with the exception of uh, wasn't it? Um, well, maybe this is a reason for Nehemia was because she she understood the word marks better right. than anybody else, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, apparently. Although somehow Cain learned how to use them. But didn't it turn out that she was putting them, did she put them down in the room, right? Yeah. To protect. Yeah, and yeah. she keeps erasing them. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, she kept drawing them under the. She kept drawing them under the bed to protect Selena, and Selena kept washing them away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of funny. Um, I really liked the rock climbing competition. and uh, That was fun. How she saved uh, Knox, right? And, right. And the um, the other guy felt it was death and stuff. I, I thought that was a really well done that was, like, that was competition scene. Well read. Yeah. The other the other competitions were okay, but I the I poison really like was one. nice. I like yeah. the poison one, but obviously the climactic one, yeah. that, you know, is the fighting in the ring. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. So, uh, I see Jim here. You have a you have a favorite quote. Do you want to share that? <laughs> yes, there was there was a quote in here that that just kind of grabbed me. Cain. Uh, uh, refers to Selena as, as something rather uncomplimentary, and she looks at him. She says, "My name is Selena Sardothian, but it makes no difference if my name is Selena or Lillian or Bitch, because I'd still beat you no matter what you call me." <laughs> <laughs> that is a great line. I agree. <laughs> it is it's the best line in the whole book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I, uh, as soon as I found that, I typed it out on, on the notes so that nobody could steal it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any favorite quotes, but yeah, I did. I but like I, that one. But I really, I really did enjoy the the story as a general rule there. Um, and I and like, I don't know that there were any real strong quotes for me. I mean, that's a good one, but. Cool. Well. I think we're just about at the end here. So let's go ahead and, and any final thoughts you have and um, what rating would you give this? And would you recommend it to someone, you know, who likes fantasy? Go ahead, Jim. Okay. Would I recommend it? I would recommend it to well, probably a sophomore junior in high school that enjoys fantasy. Um, I don't think I would recommend it as an introductory story um, uh, to fantasy myself. 
I did enjoy it. I was entertained, uh, despite a few things that, um, that, that I thought I would have liked to have seen done better. I'm not going to criticize the author for doing her thing, but yeah, it, it's not at all a bad book. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was your, what's your five star on that one? Uh, I'm going to give that a 3.5. Okay. Sounds good. Scott. Well, you probably know that I like the book a lot. <laughs> um, and, it, and I like it for uh, multiple reasons. I kind of agree. You know, if, if you're going to recommend this book, it, it certainly does fit in to um, probably high school, maybe a little bit post high school, but a younger, certainly geared toward a younger reader. But what I what I like about this book is you have a strong female protagonist. Yeah. That's very complex. That's been given a lot of weight. And so much of our fantasy is written from the male perspective. Yeah. And so for girls who are into fantasy, this has to bring a connection that is typically not really addressed. I mean, think about the fantasy books that we've read. Um, you know, the Terry Brooks uh, books with uh, there's been some female characters, but the central characters have been predominantly male uh, Aragon, obviously predominantly male. And uh, so it's nice to have this kind of as a, in the genre um, to have a complex uh, thought out character that is female. Yeah. And so I, I like this book and, and it kept me engaged. It made me not want to stop reading. It may, you know, I wanted to hear what happened next. Um, I mean, you know, from the get-go when she's pulled out of Endover from from the beginning that she's going to win the contest. That's not ever in question. Right. Because, after all, she's central to the book. So, uh, But there's think about all the stories you do read, you know that they're not going to be killed, right? Um, and I'm not comparing this to any Dune, but certainly like Paul Trades, you're like, well, he's not going to die. We just don't know how, the, we just don't know how it's going to end up when you first read it. And that's the same way here. Um, I loved it. And I would, would I recommend it? Um, I would recommend it, especially uh, to um, any of my female friends that are into fantasy. I think it's strong for that. Um, but I think it's a good book and stands as itself as well. My rating is five. Okay. Five out of five. Uh, I also really enjoyed this book. I, I, I think I, I enjoyed it knowing there's, there's going to be more. I think I enjoyed it more because I knew there was going to be more. Um, had I initially come into this book and uh, not known that there was any others or they hadn't been written or whatever, I, I might have been let down a little bit. Um, but knowing that there's more to go to and that there's more story to be had like makes me excited. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to reading them, and I would definitely go on to read them on my own. Uh, I don't think that we'll probably do that here. but um, Right. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think it, it lends itself really well to a young female audience, although I don't think it's it's completely limited to that by any means. Um, would I recommend this book? 100%. Um, I wouldn't recommend it as an intro to fantasy. Uh, I would probably only recommend it to someone who told me they already liked fantasy. Um, There's because, some truth to that. Yeah. Um, I would rate it a four out of five, for sure. I'm going to continue to read the series um, and see where it goes. So. All right. Very maybe, cool. we, maybe we can do some one-offs. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We won't force Jim we'll to read force, it. Yeah. Yeah. What we'll do is it'll just be you and me with like a loot playing in the background. People, yeah, so Jim will be involved. Point. Right, right. Yeah. They'll get the point. Yeah, they will. 
<laughs> oh, you guys. Uh, <laughs> well, so that being said, if you do want to talk about the second book after you read it, I'll be happy to do it. We can throw the uh, little, 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 little thing up. Just here's what up. we thought. Yeah. Here's what we thought. So, okay. So we don't have our poll ready for next week, but we will have it on the website. I know what book up. I want to do. Oh my goodness. I still going to put, cause it's fantasy, right? Right. Prior to the orange tree. That's still up there. For me. We should probably, we should do that because they didn't, they just announced the show. <laughs> so, you know, more than I do, if they announced the show, prior it's the wheel of time, right? No, uh, but we could do the first book of the wheel of time. If you want to get into like, Heavy fantasy. Yeah, wheel of time. Well, I think I think we've been we've been uh putzing around with Jim for long enough. It's time to time to push him in to full wheel. force into into fantasy. Well, so we could we could do like wheel of time How as far as uh, uh, around. Yeah. Uh, well so <laughs> there's <laughs> there's uh, what Terry Goodkind, we could do like sort of truth, wheel yeah. of time, prior to the orange tree, and then we just pick one other book yet. <laughs> you know what you know what i would like i would seriously like to see uh david put put book two from throne of glass up on the pole okay and see what happens all right all right we'll see what happens i mean just 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 for fun okay. so, so david what you do don't tell us, but what you do is you put that up. It's like all four choices, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. Don't tell Jim. And then I changed it last minute. Yeah, last minute. Like, wow, look at this. So everyone voted for this one. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> well, our next. You're, you, you think I hated this book? <laughs> I didn't hate it. <laughs> you just loathed it. It's not... Right, right. It was more than hate. It was like despising. Yeah, like. Nice kindling oh for his fireplace. Yeah. I think I think the, the word I used I to describe win. is seething. <laughs> Did you say seething? Seething. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This all describes Jim's feelings about this book. <laughs> uh, look, Jim, I'm I'm just happy to not be the one who hates the book for a turn. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but he didn't say he hated it. Yeah. He just didn't he, he just didn't like it. Right. Right. I'm also, it was also nice to be the only one who didn't have a rant. No, that was me. Yeah. That was my rant. Yeah, you got, you, you loved it. I did. I was like, what do you mean, Jim? The characters aren't flat. What are you talking about? No, Let's kidding. fight. Fight, fight, fight. Well, next month or, or next episode, we'll be reviewing the, it's, this is the, the final. Seventh book, isn't final it? Final written one? No, there's eight. Okay. So it's the next book in the Expanse series. That's right. Uh, Persepolis Rising? Is that how you say it? Yeah, that sounds good to me. By James S.A. Corey. Yes. So book seven in, in mm -hmm. The Expanse. Uh, right. I'm really looking forward to this. I love this series so far. So, Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show and let us know what you think about books, you can do that by emailing theorbitalsword at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash orbitalsword. Um, we also have a voice line. What's that? Yeah, so one two six zero five seven seven chat. That's one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight. And if you're a Twitter person at Orbital Sword, yep. there's another way you can find you can us. Twitter us. Yeah. Uh, so, and thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you're interested in chucking us a buck, that's a great way to do it. Helps keep the show going. Uh, you can find us at Patreon.com/slash/TheOrbitalSword. Um, 
And that about brings us to the end. So Facebook. Oh, yeah, Facebook, Facebook website. You got it. Yeah. All vote by all means, especially for this poll. You'll you'll dictate what fantasy book you want to want us to read. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So Throne of Glass sequel. <laughs> Once again, for the Orbital Sword, I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And join us next time on board the Orbital Sword. If I go to the sky, I will always see your smile. I will always see your smile. You're the
miss you.